This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. So for a few weeks now, you've been listening to just the three of us wattle on about properties and all types of, I was going to say disgusting, I was going to say interesting, is this what I was supposed to say? Sometimes. Interesting topics. But this week, we thought we would bring a guest on. Uh, So we've got the lovely Devinder from Spot to Dave with us. So I'm just going to hand straight over to you. Tell us who you are. How the hell you came up with the name Spot the Day, <laughs> and more importantly, how you ended up on Property Jam. <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks for having me on, guys. So I'm Devinda Sangera, also known as Spot the Dave. Um, it was a name coined by a friend when we went to Brazil in 2015, because it was like, like Spot the Dog, like where's Devinda, like where's Wally? Um, Dave is my nickname, so uh, Devinda is a Punjabi name. Most Punjabi names are unisex, so you identify the gender through the middle name. Um, so when males are male, Punjabi men are called Devinda, people have abbreviated to, it to Dave. So a friend abbreviated my name to Dave back when I was like 13, 14. And it stuck. Um, I hate it. I absolutely <laughs> uh, don't like the idea that I represent a white male man, perhaps sitting in a pub. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm clearly an Indian woman. Um, so the complete opposite. And um, so then I thought I'd just turn it into something witty, something funny. Um, so my Instagram is Spot the Dave, my company that buys properties. Uh, and I am the brand, so I'm Spot the Dave. Um, I love that so much. My dad's actually called Dave, which makes this whole thing even funnier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he is, um, he's an old white man. It's just the opposite to what I am. <laughs> True. It's, I like the irony. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So my property background, um, I've done HMOs predominantly. Um, I do have a couple of vitalettes, uh, but I did, HMOs, I did 14 back to brick renovations in three years, um, which was completely gutting out the property, um, t- turning two bed terrace houses into four or five bed HMOs. Um, so doing like dormers, um, loft extensions, and ex- like ground floor extensions, um, and complete, like, completely turning a two bed into a five bed ensuite HMO. Um, I was like super passionate and motivated, hence why I was doing so many projects. Um, because these projects sometimes would take three months, sometimes six, depending on if you have to get a party wall agreement. And then kind of somewhere in the middle or towards the end, I've kind of lost that love for for property or for HMOs, I should say. Um, it's definitely been HMOs. So looking at different strategies, um, I really think I've learned loads running my own business um, and definitely think that these skills that I've learned in the four years has been more than I could have at 20 years in banking. So my my kind of like thing that I did before property, I was in banking um, as a trader um, on a trading desk and uh, worked in Canary Wharf, started in uh, New York. And um, yeah, I think definitely I've learned more in four years than I would have done in like 20 plus years in banking. Wow. How, how did you get from working in Canary Wharf as a trader to being a HMO landlord? <laughs> Yeah, um, it was weird. It was um, the transition was really strange. So I knew I wasn't going to be one of those dinosaurs. And I worked with a fair few of them um, when I was in banking. And I um, was just obsessed with the idea of 
buying a rental property, just a buy to let. And I thought in my head I'd have one or maybe two. Um, my grandparents, my granddad has a couple of buy to lets. He's had them for centuries, like feels like centuries, but like nearly like 50 years. One of them was a HMO, now is a buy to let. And I've seen the quality of their life that they live. Um, they both worked at British Airways for 27 and 32 years and they traveled. And it's what my parents have instilled into me. So I love traveling. Um, you know, I'll, won't, I'll, I won't do like I'll, the, some of the things in London because I want to explore the world. Um, and so I saw their lives and I was like, that's what I want. Um, and I just thought property is the thing that you invest in, bricks and mortar, kind of was like, you know, thought that that's the only thing of passive income because I wasn't just acquainted with other strategies or other asset classes then. Um, so I was obsessed with buying a property, knew that I was going to leave banking and really needed to like capitalize on my high salary at the time. Um, so I bought one by Tillet, which is in Wandsworth as my little baby. Um, I never go to it, it's leased to the council on three and a half year contract and they'll probably extend again. Um, but yeah, that was it. I kind of like, was like, right, I need to like get out of banking, but let's get a secondary income, which would then be my primary income, I guess, and go do the thing I'm passionate about. The thing that I was passionate about was um, working in international development. And then I um, found some roles, had a job interview in Tanzania. Okay. They did not hire me. There was a way better candidate even now, as I think about him, he was way better and suited for the role. Um, and then I paired up with a small grassroots organization um, in Greece who were working with refugees. I was planning to be there for about, so I'd left banking by this time. Um, I'd bought the property and got a payout from um, from banking. I can talk about it now because it's been more than three years. Um, so I had to sign all these uh, forms and stuff. Oh, and, cool. <laughs> and um, then when I went to Greece, one of the refugees broke my wrist on day two. Uh, so I came back after five days, but we were playing football and there was me thinking that I could save a ball and yeah, like I jump out of planes and do weird stuff and then I end up regretting it and popping my eyeball when I'm scuba diving. Um, so it was one of those ones. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you the most accident prone person? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not accident prone at all. But it was, you know, like my the first time I've broken a bone in my body and it just happened to be like like one a child injury like I got it scanned in Greece and the UK and the doctors both were like so this is an injury that's very common to children are you a child <laughs> and then when it was the third time I was like I yes to a child I know it's a child injury uh no <laughs> this is my first time I've broken a bone so I came home after five days and I was reading rich dad poor dad or like I must have had the book or the audible I can't remember now and the algorithms just got me so I went to like a property two hour property seminar thing was then turned into a three day was then turned into a whole two year thing yeah and we know that journey exactly <laughs> I was talking about it on your other podcasts as well of like going on three day courses and stuff so that was me um and then because I was a little bit lost I'd left banking I had this payout I had the property which was already which I'd, I'd had for about a year so I got like a pot of that money that I hadn't touched from that income. So I was kind of comfortable and I'm like, okay, so what should I do? Okay, I could do this. And it, like, it was really just kind of feeding into me and like everything that I was hearing as, you know, a task to do um, is to like, you know, sign names and get people to join up for their courses. And so that was me and um, the algorithms got me and I signed my life away and started doing property. Um, just didn't want to focus on smaller buy to lets, which I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I think if I'd been five, seven years younger, I would have. Um, so it just went straight into HMOs because I wanted a high cash flow strategy. Can I just go back a, a moment there? Did you say that you popped your eyeball out while scuba diving? I can't pop my eyeball. Popped. Sorry, I may I may have said that. 
to clarify, it was popped a vessel like in my eyeball so that it's like bloodshot. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. Either like, way, it sounds like, horrendous. Yeah, I was nervous and just didn't like equalize the pressure in the eye mask. I think so. Okay. Wow. Well, at least you oh. clarified that because I think there were some listeners that were just like, what, what, what? Because <laughs> Matt and I went, what? Like, you lost an eye? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's a eye. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Passive income, it gets you glass eyes. That's what's great about it. Like, <laughs> glass eyes and children, children's injuries. Children's so bone injuries. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a journey. That's, um, that's 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 quite a that's quite a a u-turn on in life isn't it it's um it's yeah. fabulous I love I loved hearing that and it's funny how all roads kind of just randomly led you back into into property which is sort of a family thing anyway you know yeah, yeah. yeah. well one question that I've got which is a question we ask all of our guests um which is that what is the human side of property mean to you got a few ideas what you might say but i'm intrigued okay um so i'll say them first and then you tell me whether you, <laughs> you thought those mm. <laughs> so for me it's all the solid relationships that people build up or that one builds up throughout the course of the business um of being in property so specifically to me um i wouldn't have been able to build up my hmo portfolio if it wasn't for investors investing in me so i raised over a million pound in i don't know about 18 months probably um from investors and those and, and, and some of them would come from social media, like from LinkedIn, they would like see my posts and it would just be random people. And I still get messages and calls um, with people that just book some time into my calendar. And if it wasn't for people like that trusting me, I wouldn't have a property business. Um, so for me, it's the solid relationships and especially the investors that lent me hundreds of thousands of pounds and trusted me. But then there's also like the managing agent that runs my HMO property portfolio, like the admin stuff um, for me. Um, so, well the managing agent that like manages all my tenants because I don't I don't have direct um, access to my tenants and I don't want to either my VA builders other property investors that I may come across in the property circuit that I lean on that I get advice from um, even just like in whatsapp groups Joe I know like me and you and property sisters and like I've asked a few questions and yeah just having like knowing that there's people going through that journey um, and then like people just like having great relationships with you know your power team so accountant solicitor and broker um, mainly so I definitely think for me it's all the relationships that, um gosh it's so funny we were we were just before you came on we were talking about uh, a possible topic for an episode a future episode which was trust and actually I think what you just said encompasses pretty much what we would have talked about in that in that episode because you just can't do what we do unless people trust us and we entrust others right yeah. like you just can't and I think yeah the past few days have kind of really emphasized that you know I've I've had a lot of conversations with angels because I'm raising finance for for projects at the moment and it's been a joy they've they're angels that have invested with me in the past and they say and their words are we trust you because we've worked with you before yeah. so we'll go again and then I've got you know um four refurbs on at the moment and I'm I'm not there I'm down in London and they're happening up in the in northeast Lincolnshire in the east midlands and it's like I'm having to trust my letting agent to project manage those you know and the trades that are on site and you know, I've I've just had a phone call from a um, the valuers who are going out uh, as part of a refinance, and I'm like, I've got to entrust that 
the letting agent's going to show them the property before the tenant moves in. And then I've also got a trusted letting agent. They're going to get the tenant right who's moving into this. All these things. And it's like, you just cannot do this on your own. It's all about trust, isn't it? That's, that's so important. As you've been saying that, I've like thought of like memories that have crept into my head. So like keys to the HMOs, like they're trusted by builders or trades or the cleaner, the letting agent that they have access to the code. Um, my, I like, I trust my cleaner because I pay her without even checking her work and stuff. And I actually asked my forced, <laughs> my cleaner to leave her full-time job and to go cleaning full-time. Cause I was like, I trust you so much. Like, um, I need you to like work for me full-time or, and well, it's not like I had enough HMOs or rooms for her to do, but um, I needed her to go full-time just cause I trusted her. And just having trust with the builder, I was away in Spain last year for three months and I had a valuation and I always like to be there for my valuation. Same. Especially for the refinances, like I don't, I don't care about the, the first ones when you're buying the property. Exactly. But, um, I thought I was only going to be there for like two weeks. I ended up staying for three months, and I trusted my builder to carry out that, you know, like meet the meet the valuer, meet the surveyor, and go around the property. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's trust is really really important. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does that make a difference with your builder going around? Do you have a positive outcome? Um, now valued. Like. Yeah, to be fair, I like I don't know whether it was just like you know twenty twenty one COVID, um, but my twenty twenty refinances were higher um, than that one. Um, but it wasn't too far off. It was only five grand lower, so it's not like it was. Oh, just, okay. yeah. yeah, I think I was aiming for three hundred, and I got two eighty. But my others were always two eight five, so it was okay. lower than what I thought it was going to be. But you, as my broker would say, you aim higher. Um, but like the trust as well um, with investors that lent me hundreds of thousands of pounds. I have borrowed over a million pounds without any charges, without giving any security. So if I, and I'm very aware of this and like during COVID it gave me severe anxiety. Um, and now I'm like paying everyone back. And now I'm of the mindset that I want to be an angel investor and I want to lend my money out because I've seen how more passive that is than necessarily doing property and dealing yes. with the trauma on <laughs> property yes <laughs> i completely um, relate and so people have trusted me you know they found me on instagram and trusted me and i think you can build these relationships you can speak to someone and within i have this theory like it takes 15 minutes to know whether you like somebody to the point where you want to see them again yeah. 10 to 15 minutes yeah um, you know whether it's a little kid or a, a grandparent or like it doesn't even have to be romantically right like when you vibe with somebody at a networking event and they're a woman and you're like, you know what, I really like what this woman's about. Yeah. So, mm. so we've been going now for about 15 minutes. So um, would you like to continue? Oh yeah, do you like us? Are you vibing with Are you getting, you're getting the vibe, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah okay. I was like, uh, is this part of the podcast? <laughs> um, so yeah, getting a good vibe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Joe more because and she's so bubbly and from what I've seen on your social media so I was like I'm instantly you know connected anyway <laughs> yeah it's funny isn't it because we met well sort of virtually met over over lockdown through Property Sisters and it was kind of you know the whole Instagram community of Property Sisters yeah. and the WhatsApp group that was just a blaze over COVID <laughs> like it still is it's like a mental group and it's like, I still can't believe that we haven't been in the same room or we haven't actually sort of been at the same events. It just yeah. seems madness. But actually on that note, are you going to the Women in Construction Awards on the 2nd of September? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, you should come. Which country are you in? I know. Uh, I've actually got a half marathon the next day. Oh, okay, on the 3rd. Oh, that'll be fine. You can carb load at the awards ceremony. That'll be 
fine no problem yeah it's in central London so um Helen Chorley has uh two spare tickets so um yeah I thought I'd see if you're available because um you should come oh my god you should come okay I'll give it I'll think about it I love Helen Chorley I fangirl over her oh my god I'm obsessed with her like and she's got like a VIP table and everything so we're gonna like probably like Ruth's going like there's like Michelle's going Louise is going like it's a whole big group of us so it'd be amazing if you could come anyway that aside our social calendar aside um yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's the trust thing is um is huge and I think it's something that you know angel finance aside just day to day even down to your broker getting the right finance product even down to your conveyancer getting the property across the line by a certain time window but all these things it's just everything involves trust and the more I think about it especially with what I've got lots of little different pockets of activity going on at the moment and I'm thinking god I'm really having to kind of let go here and just you know sometimes sometimes you have to let go because your life you know you that you want to lead is taking you that way so same with with, you know dave you're in whatever country you're in and joe you're stuck in london doing whatever you're doing blessed blessed to be in london London, i like that actually in one's in the borough of wandsworth so yes yes blessed to be stuck in london blessed to be stuck in london (laughs) sticky old muggy london in a a heat wave yes Foggy London. Yeah. Well, well, Niall and I hung out in sticky heat on Friday, didn't we, babe? We had a we did. We had a hot date. Um, it well, was literally it, hot. It was. <laughs> it, there were flies everywhere. It was disgusting. We had like there were just like flies attacking <laughs> who, who, us the whole time. It's gross. Who were they attacking more? Um, probably Niall. He's quite sticky. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they did seem to like and take a likening to me for some and my, reason. As did my cats. My cats were obsessed with you. The flies were obsessed with you. It was just weird, wasn't it? I must be just giving off some vibes at the moment or something for an, an, an animal magnet of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> Humans, no, they'll stay away, but animals, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You are, you are, prepping, you are prepping for time away. In the you holiday. are. So I am. So oh. get, get animal magnetism practised. Yeah. <laughs> I saw some of the outfits he's going to be sporting on holiday. I mean, if if that doesn't attract things in, I don't know what will. The, <laughs> the swimwear alone. <laughs> Sharks. Budget smuggler. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you do have budget smuggler. <laughs> yeah, he's nodding. He does. Yeah. They they are part of the attire. Oh, representing the is interesting. <laughs> there are themed parties. I have to go with the flow. What can I yes. say? <laughs> uh, just, just for the record. I have no budget smugglers. I can't imagine you in budget. I actually can't. Like, I can't see. Niall? Sure. You? You don't need to imagine. It's fine. Yeah, that is. It, it does cross boundaries. Yeah, I, I feel like we should just, yeah. Let's change the subject. <laughs> anyway, uh, so <laughs> do you have a question for us, Devinder? Um, yes. Yeah, so I've got um, two questions. My first one is a quick fire one. So this one is, I used to ask this question when I was using dating apps. <laughs> oh, this is great. I'm already excited. Okay. So would you rather have your left arm bitten off by a killer crocodile or your left leg or your right leg bitten off by a lion? Left arm or right leg? Lion. Right leg. Left arm. Right leg. Okay. Can I play? No, need two hands. Left handed would be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah and so you guys would get rid of your legs 
well my nan had a prosthetic leg so I feel like I'd just be keeping the the, the tradition going so um, in the family just borrow her one <laughs> honestly it was mad my nan used to have like this prosthetic leg and be like where's nan's leg oh it's by the front door let's just go grab nan's leg so she could like put it on so I feel like I've already become slightly I'm slightly exposed to like the one-legged vibe so you can do okay. so much more with your hands and your fingers than you can with your feet uh, no walking is, is a thing but yay as, as <laughs> walking is a thing <laughs> <laughs> walking is quite a big thing can we call the episode <laughs> title that walking is a thing <laughs> walking is a thing but you know what wheels are great as well you know my, my daughter emmy um, had her first expertise on uh, a skateboard she's two wow. and uh, um, we bumped into a friend in littlehampton seafront and she my friend was on roller skates and emmy was enamored by the roller skates um. then her partner had a skateboard so emmy just then just like uh, she wanted to have a try so jumped on and she just found this way to kind of move her legs to to like scoot down the um the front. but yeah wheels um you could you could have wheels instead of a foot um you can have a prosthetic leg but i couldn't give up you know piano playing by losing a by losing a hand that makes sense that makes sense whereas niall you'd be quite okay with losing your left well, just to, just to clarify, I wouldn't be okay with losing either of them. But if I had to pick, you had to choose. Otherwise, it's a bullet to the brain, gun to the oh, head. Oh, so you have to choose. <laughs> okay. And off the podcast, I'll I'll ask all my awful ones. They're like really, they can be vile. So, oh my god, I, okay. <laughs> okay. What so are you seriously on the second of September, girl? You, <laughs> I, I want, I really want this. I want to be grilled with your weird dating. Would you rather? <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. What would you okay. prefer out of the two? Um, oh, I I would prefer to walk because walking is a thing. So okay. I would yeah, the arm. I'd get rid of the arm. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. My next would you rather? Because I had two questions. Would you rather have a hundred small white let properties? When I say small, not on size, but uh, cash flow being low, okay. or two large commercial properties? And large is not on size; it's the cash flow. So. Um, I didn't put numbers in there, but now I kind of feel like I want 100 small bicycles. 100% second that. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Easy. I, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, we've had yeah, we've had that discussion before, right? We just love bicycles. We just literally rank over them because they just work all day long. They just they're amazing. That's, that's 100 properties increasing in value over yeah. 20 years as opposed to two commercial properties which if they're not full and nothing in them then they're usually they're worthless. Yeah. So um yeah. Change of market, people, families, bread and butter. You could add value to all hundred properties, refinance them, keep going. It's just what no brainer. Yeah. I want to go buy a hundred buy to lets now. So do I. Should we do it? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What if hundred small buy to lets were cash flowing like, I don't know, hundred pounds a month? Yeah. Still. Uh, still. Yeah. 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 As opposed to two large commercial properties bringing in forty thousand each. Um, yeah. Still. Because yeah. I think of the capital potential on all of those. You could get the capital uplift and you know through but, refinance, but you might not as well because you know depending on where they are. And yeah, true. Can, can I have fifty by Tillets and one commercial? Property? <laughs> oh, he's negotiating. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the hundred by Tillets first, and then I'll get the two commercial properties. <laughs> no, it's 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 not. You can't divvy it up. It's either or. Okay, I'll I have to go for the Tillets. You can't mix it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, bullet to the brain, bullet to the head. You just died. Drink onto the head. <laughs> to be honest, if you're going to give me either one of those two options for free, I'll take either of them. 
I'll, I'll give you my address that, after. That, that, that is what we do, is it not, Niall? <laughs> well, yeah. True. Uh, yeah, I still think I go with the tiddlers. Yeah, I just think economies of scale makes complete sense. Okay. Well, it depends what, it depends what the, um, you got me thinking now, because if you're 40K each, so you've got 10K versus 80K a month. Right. So um, you're, I. Oh, here he goes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, my bachelors don't perform 100 pounds a month. They're like at least double or triple that. Yeah. So um, I, I would go for the hundred and just know that I can do it better. Okay. So, I'm sorry, I was being arrogant. Very now. confident. <laughs> <laughs> I would just do like literally buffs and fluffs on all of them, add the value, and just like I'd refinance the fuck out of all of them and just put, pulling out like nice little cash lump sums. I could then go and buy more. I'd go and buy commercial property on the back of my refinances. Okay. That's my plan. That's my strategy. Or go buy a portfolio of a hundred in one go. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone listening who's got a portfolio of 100 bachelets, we are here. So Grimsby's for sale as a city. Property jam is in the market to buy 100 bachelets. Property jam is in the yeah, market. On the market. Yeah. <laughs> Little JV. How cool, how cool would that be? We could set up Property Jam Limited. We could yeah. go buy uh, all of Burnley, all of Grimsby, <laughs> and all of. Take a look. Um, are they? Grimsby. Blackpool. Grimsby, Grimsby and Cleethorpes, they kind of come as one, so yeah, get two for the price of one. Well, Blackpool Suburb wouldn't buy right now. Oh, really? I mean, it's the only place in the country where the demand for HMOs is declining. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Where was that? Blackpool. Blackpool. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Well, I really want to pull at that thread, but I feel like that risk is getting really informative. And It does. No, I, I think was going to say, yeah, yeah. Tell you what, if Joe, if you would like, we can do an entire episode around the spare room rental index. Oh, that just sounds like a treat. <laughs> I'm busy that day. Oh, I've actually Wait. looked at this. Some people have shared this online. Mm. Oh, we're constantly looking. Well, as, as you can probably see, we do HMOs quite a lot. <laughs> and we have lots of clients doing HMOs. So it's the kind of thing that we, we keep on top of. Um, yeah, really interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, not enough HMOs on the market by a long way. That's interesting. And actually on that note, you mentioned earlier on that you'd fallen out of love with that as a strategy generally. Like what is it just that you just got bored and want to try something else? Was it that? Um, I think it wasn't even the boredom. I think it was the expectation. Right. So I'd fallen into like the trap of like passive income. And um, although like I was project managing the projects and doing the back to break renovations, that was fine because I was motivated to do that. But it was the aftermath of when it was like being passed over to the letting agent. I was still constantly like being harassed. <laughs> yeah better word. but no passive, i guess yeah. yeah i guess it's just because i've got this wandsworth flat and that's super passive and my hmos just really aren't um and you know i know you can give them on five-year long leases um to support living providers and i did explore those opportunities um and even rent to rent um but then i'm actually now considering selling really gosh now is a very good time to sell i yeah. have a really good contact you can probably get a really good price for hmos if they're if they're as nice as your pictures um on my at, social media yeah they are media, yeah. um yeah they still are and i've got loads of media so maybe it's the same contact that i'm already in touch with um uh, but we can Actually, talk about it offline but yeah i'm um, always keen to yeah you know like be connected with people that are looking to buy or yeah so i'm looking to sell five because uh, i just want to lend my money i want to be bank so i want to be the bank and just lend capital so yeah. does this mean that your social media presence is changing? So instead of spot the Dave, it's going to be Dave the bank. Yeah, maybe 
spot the money. <laughs> spot, Dave the bank, I love that. Spot the money. Spot the money. So yeah, like give me maybe 12 months, maybe maybe even less, six months, uh, six to 18. Like I definitely want to lend to small projects and stuff and just do other things. Um, I guess I'm heavily in property, so really do want to like kind of like shift between asset classes as well, um, just to de-risk a little bit. Um, I think when I'm based in London, I want to focus on London projects um, and I'd rather do like two or three London ones with 100k uplift or whatever rather than like just, you know, like even if I'm flipping them and making 100, 150k, like to me, I think that's a better value of my time than doing smaller projects where it was um, generating like a thousand pounds. Would you take 100 buy to lets or two commercial properties? <laughs> two my commercial properties uh sure. i uh, got that vibe when we said yeah. when we all said like a bite letters you were absolutely sure. horrified you were like what <laughs> more properties more gas safety certificates and like these <laughs> and electrical certificates oh my gosh i can't if i had 100 properties 100 properties all in the same in the same place get them all done on the same day yeah, so you um, could uh, well over over baby well, That would be one days. hell of a busy gas. That would be an awful could... day. <laughs> There's not enough gas safe engineers in one town just to do them all. <laughs> so yeah, um, just admin on alone on hundred HMOs, uh, hundred white lets would just be awful. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that, that I, yeah, I do agree with that. But we've got a good team of people with us that does all of that, so we don't do a lot of that admin bit any. of it. I don't know that, it's all, uh, all no, systemized. I mean, I, neither do I. I don't do any of the admin, and I have a VA that stays on top of everything. But you're still at the forefront of it, right? And it's it's not necessarily that's not necessarily the aspect that's cumbersome. It's mm. the issues that creep up when you and then when you have someone that leaves. And yeah. Fortunately, I've never had no. I've not had anybody not pay me rent. So I've always had rent paid. Um, I had one tenant actually. He just stayed a little bit longer, um, and then. I also may have nicked his PlayStation. <laughs> what? And then called NRLA and I was like, I've done this. They're like, go return it. And then I did it for like two weeks. <laughs> oh, what? And then Why? in hindsight, when I went to return it, I was like, that's my TV. I should have just taken my TV. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on. How did it how did that happen? I could understand. I had this like one kind of like problematic tenant who was saying he was gonna pay. Right. And then his brother-in-law was, uh, or yeah, his brother-in-law uncle was involved, but I don't have direct contact with the tenants. Right. And it, it was, I was going project managing and I was going to nip to this property to, for something anyway. And I managed to stumble into the tenant, which I don't like communicating with them because that's mm. what my managing agent is there for. So I stumbled into him. So I had a conversation with him and he just wound me up with the stuff that he was saying. And, and the house smelt of weed. This oh. So this wound me up. So I'm already in the house. I'm like, it stinks of weed. And um, I was like, what? And my dad was with me because I'd crashed my Audi. Um, and so my dad was driving me in the BMW and like he was a chauffeur and I'd get loads more work done because I had two hours where I could like tether from my phone. And um, I was like, dad, can you smell weed? So we walk out um, of the property and I just went back in and I was like, I'm gonna just take his PlayStation. Like how dare he be smoking weed, living in here rent free? Um, and so I went in and then I was so nervous that I'd done this, called NRLA and they were like, laugh, the guy was laughing on the phone to me, like trying not to laugh. This is uh, not a criminal offense, but uh, you probably go back and return it. I was like, no, now I've got, I've got something to like, <laughs> you know, bother. I've got, oh, to ransom. 
exactly i've got something to watch with i can hold it to ransom um so i started getting messages from my letting agent within like three hours and i didn't i didn't return it i returned it like a week later maybe two weeks later and then when i returned it i was like i should have just taken my tv like that <laughs> Wait, my, my, that would have been better, right? Like, surely as a landlord, I can take the thing back. Oh, that's so funny. Oh. Um, and he was the only one staying there. So there was, it was a house of five, but the other four had gone back to their parents and he was the only one who so was smoking weed and it just kind of like triggered me. Um, yeah. So I wasn't meditating then, obviously. Letting all this, this you went in a Zen space when you no, took the PlayStation. <laughs> that weed probably like triggered some emotion. Yeah. You were high. <laughs> you were just high on the back of all the fumes. That's all it was, babe. It's you so ridiculous. It. I like talk about this, that I did this. I remember sending a voice note to a friend and be like, I just did this. He's like, what? like, yeah, I think I'm kind of proud of it as well. Now I'm like ashamedly being like, I nicked my tenant's PlayStation for two weeks. <laughs> you, you nicked it for two weeks or you just borrowed it for a long time exactly i kept it hostage, <laughs> yeah, it's kept hostage. It, hostage yeah. it was a hostage situation i get and, it and then what happened that wound him up even more so although he was gonna probably he probably would have paid the rent and this is why i'm not director tenants <laughs> probably a good thing to be fair <laughs> And I can't be, and I cannot be. It's like Indivinda's flat. It's just like literally a jewelry box, a PlayStation, <laughs> clothes, a few bicycles. <laughs> now, the thing is, did you play the PlayStation? No. Key question. Key question, Matt. Yeah, so the answer to that question is no. Yeah. So I don't play games and I don't play, I'm just not into playing PlayStation. No, I'm not either, to be fair. Yeah, no, I get it. No. As, as a uni student, well, I, I did play Nintendo for a while. Uh -huh. Yeah, that was the thing. PlayStation didn't I didn't get that. Yeah, no, not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. I think that's probably one of the best stories I've heard. And like, when, so when, it, when, you, when you returned it, like, what happened? Like, oh, I just left it in the house and ran away, clearly. <laughs> you want to get beaten up by my tenant. <laughs> <laughs> So then, did he pay in the end? Did he? Uh, no. So I think I I wound him up to the point where then he was like, and it was like two months of rent then that he didn't end up paying because we took his deposit. And the other thing was um, that really annoyed me. My letting agent had vocally mentioned to him that, oh, we can keep one month's rent. Uh, we can keep your deposit, which would equate to one month's rent. And and uh. and then they said it to a few other tenants. And I'm like, no, why are you saying this? And then. And that's why I think he started smoking weed and the house uh, was in a little bit of a rubbish state. So I was a little bit annoyed at my letting agent. And then when I went in, I was like, well, I can do a better job than them, which clearly I couldn't because I definitely cannot, you know, talk to people in a nice way when I'm triggered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> moral of the story is just let your people do what they do. Like to trust you. <laughs> That's gonna be another title of the episode. Let your people do what they do. <laughs> Let people do what they do and don't steal PlayStation. And don't, don't steal PlayStation. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great story. Oh, that's so brilliant. And I love the fact you brought the NRLA. It was like turning yourself into the police. You're like I was so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, am I a criminal? <laughs> and I, I was also getting like all these missed calls from my managing agent and, and she was like WhatsApping me and I'm like Okay, I've got to figure this out. Uh, and then actually, you know what? I, I think I just left it in one of my other HMO properties that was being renovated. It was like, it was near the end, so they were marketing it. So I think I left it in there. And so if he had behaved himself, I would have told my letting agent and they could have picked it up uh, around the cor corner, but he didn't. And then 
But anyway, we, who knows? Maybe it was me. He might have paid, but he stayed for two, two or three extra months. But I was quite lucky. That's the only kind of like troublesome tenant that I had. And I do think it was because of me. <laughs> he became troublesome. Um, yeah, open for debate. Uh, but yeah, so I'm quite like, I was quite lucky. Like, well, also because when my letting agent would t tell me about the tenants, and I'd go, well, tell me about them. And I'd go, no. Uh, without a without a guarantor i'm not having them in my property and i'd rather have a room empty for a month than have a problematic tenant and i was yeah. quite rigid with my like um screening process i guess so yeah um i guess it's just like everything the just you know the constant things that are going on with a hmo what you don't have in a buy to let i guess so my granddad's got two buy to lets two and a half or three and he's got a tenant that's been there for 10 to 12 years Mm -hmm. Yes, and they treat it like their home. They buy the fridge freezer, they buy the washing machine. Yeah. Um, you know, they it's their family home, so they're doing stuff. Whereas HMOs tenants know that they're only and my, most of mine are student HMOs. That's the yeah, other same. Yeah, yeah. So and as much as I love it for the income, and also you don't pay the council tax, and there's no you know the banding, and you know I'm exempt from that. Um, it's they still treat it like a short term thing, and therefore there's five times the wear and tear. Not saying I'm I'm changing things five times, like changing the carpets, but you know there's more usage. So yeah, there's always constantly something that's being done. So it's not passive. So it's I I didn't really fall. It's not like I've fallen out of love with property because I don't think I was fully in love with it to begin with. I just it did, the reality didn't meet my expectation. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really honest because we always talk about this. It's like if you're in property, you actually don't have to love it, but it has to suit. Yeah. It has to work for you, right? Like it has to your lifestyle, your skill set, yeah, what your exactly. what you yeah. want. Um, I heard you guys talking in a previous property uh, in your previous podcast um, about how you know some people just like go to these courses and then it's for me, it's for me. And, like they'd have one or three or four, and then they just that's it, and which is fine as well because it's like you know you can be we're multi-dimensional people. You can have multiple layers and multiple things to us. So. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it. But yeah, I just uh, yeah, not in love. I love yeah. the creativity side. I love being creative with HMOs. Um, I really enjoyed that aspect. And there's so many things of it that I did really enjoy, and it really catered to my skill set um, and how I am as a person. But yeah, just uh, it's time to be the bank, really. So yeah, yes, yeah, spot the bank. It's coming. Yeah, hot off the press. You heard it here first, people. It's coming. <laughs> so we should probably um, um, go into a bit of uh, roulette. Uh, episode roulette so um for those listeners who are new today um or haven't heard property gem before or property gem with a guest because it has been a while since i had a guest um mm -hmm. we like to do a bit of a game called property uh, not property yeah episode roulette and um what that means is that i'm going to scroll through previous episodes of property gem and uh davinda when you say stop i shall stop and then what we'd like to do is get your opinion on that particular episode title not the episode itself um, but the episode title. So I am now scrolling. Okay, you've got quite a few bits to scroll. You're still scrolling, right? Yep. <laughs> Are you going up and down? So it's only like three or five podcasts I'm choosing from. Stop. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not looking. I'm just... Uh, stop, stop, stop. That thumb's still oh. going. <laughs> I've, I've hit, hit the wrong button. Hang on. Oh, God. <laughs> he had one job. <laughs> Oh, I need to. I need to look so I don't mess this up. Okay. Um. After you. Is she? You again? All oh, right. Okay. Ooh, stop. Oh. 
There we go. So <laughs> it's not that difficult. It really isn't. No, I was really I'm good at this. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I have stopped on episode thirty, which was um, Joe. Do you know? I, we're around the Amy Helen Chorley time, Sunny Mahal time. This was hashtag five days of positivity. Oh, that see the lock, lock, lockdown, start of lockdown, five days of positivity. Yeah. Yeah, we did a hashtag challenge. That's um, right. Way back then, and uh, yeah, so five days of positivity. We were we were posting. I'm going to say positive stuff. It was you, me, Niall, Sunny Mahal. That was the start of the quadcast. Do you remember that we did over mm. lockdown? And we did yeah. start, we kickstarted it with five days of positivity. Then we did five days of business, five days of investment, five days. Yes. Of, yeah. So um, what would you say your your positivity tips? Mm. How do you keep so chilled under pressure? Let's do that. I don't think I do. Um, well, I think we've proven that, haven't we, actually, to be fair. Therapy. <laughs> PlayStation. Um, not stealing no so running uh i definitely like play a lot of sports and i like to do something a day um so like being physical um meditating mm. I, i'm not as strict with the meditating because i really struggle to clear my head like even when i'm running i actually solve problems and yeah. i find like i can like just figure out my day and figure out things so for me i do a walking guided meditation because i need to not to think that and look that I'm not going to get run over by a bus or hit by a cyclist. So that's the thing I need to get my brain engaged to clear my head because gotcha. otherwise I'll think about my to do this. So, and I'm like not strict about it, about meditating every day. I'm like, well, if I do three times a week, that's good for me. Cause then I'm like, oh, and then maybe like in a year's time, I can say four times a week and then five times a week. So um, yeah, physical exercise, meditating, um, therapy, just yeah, hanging out with good fun people. Um, even if it's just like a quick phone call to a friend and just laughing loads. So, yeah. Oh God, you literally just spoke my truth. I, I completely connect to every single one of those things. Not running, I fucking hate running, but I'm- um, Well, I'd be out in nature, even just walking. Yeah, um, every day, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, eating well as well. I love cooking. Like I love the idea of chopping my own vegetables. You know, when you can get pre-cut veg from a supermarket? No, 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 no. You like to chop your thing. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like there's something therapeutic about that as well. And like, I love just like, now that I've got loads of free time, because, you know, I've got the properties and I'm going to sell them all and then I'm going to be the bank. Um, and, and this is what the passive income was for. So I just look at recipes. I'm like, yeah, I want to make this. I want to do that. And it's really cool. Oh, I love it. That's a great answer. Cool. So let's do one more. Okay, so I'm scrolling again. Okay. evidence 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 <laughs> stop stop uh, episode 22 fomo oh matt your favorite one yeah fear of missing out do you suffer from fear of missing out FOMO? yeah i had to get off social media because the FOMO, really yeah it was like triggering me yeah. i couldn't feel that i was successful if somebody else had done more than me so yeah. If I done 14 back to brick renovations and I've got, I've raised a million and someone had put, I've raised 1.2, I thought, well, what, what, what's wrong with me? Oh, no. Why am I so inadequate that they've raised 1.2 and I've only raised a million? And I had to go off social media to, uh, and I don't, I'm still not on it. Like I am, my profile's on it. I do post, but I don't really watch other people's stories yeah. um, that much or engage with other people's posts um, as much as I used to. And 
have a limit. Sometimes I'm on it four minutes a day and like I'll check and I'm like so proud of myself. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely suffer from FOMO. Um, and then when other people were doing HMOs and you're connecting with other HMO investors, like, um, even if, even if it was super honest, they might cut off a post about something and then I might think it was like an attack on me if I, oh, really? yeah, like different. And so, yeah, just kind of like keeping social media at a distance, um, has been a little bit healthy for me. So I definitely suffered from FOMO and I think like seeing it as well, you, when it's constantly at your forefront, it makes you feel like everyone's doing it. Like, so when I drove a Mini Cooper, everyone was driving a Mini Cooper. And then you realize <laughs> how limited that world is, like the property world. And actually nobody is doing what we're doing to that extent, right? It's just, we're focusing on, and it's the algorithms and it's what we're constantly seeing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so true. You yeah, can uh, all relate to that, right? Yeah, 100%. I definitely relate yeah. to that. And yeah. In fact, that was that was a bit of the um the whole point of that episode really talking about that and um comparison being the thief of joy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is rife in property because it's so a lot of it is so much about showcasing your work. No one's actually seen the fucking grit, you know, that it took to get that property off of the ground or the the shit that happened and the obstacles that the challenges that you were facing whilst that project was going on it's it's literally like oh the keys the classic keys picture then there's kind of like mid refurb shot and then there's the oh staging shots and it's just like no yeah. but yeah. i've definitely been a culprit of doing that Same. and even even a friend was like yeah but Davinda, you're all like high glossy magazine covers you know yeah. like all your your like it's just polished yeah. stuff like it's not real and then when i started talking about the pain and then i'd be like oh this builders whenever i've done this and then people would share and I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, yeah. it's so nice that the community is sharing. And I just felt like, I don't know, I just couldn't or wouldn't, or I don't yeah. know, like wasn't able to, you, you know, you shouldn't talk about the negatives. My investors are watching me. Like right. what I mentioned, if I've like lost, you know, 10 grand on this and I've paid 10 grand more because of whatever. And yeah, but then ultimately it all comes back to trust. And when you do talk about the negatives, it makes them trust you more. Definitely. Yeah. And, and it was just weird. It was like weird when it actually, when you talk about the negatives and the, the trust element, it actually comes up more because when I had a conversation with my, one of my biggest messes, was like, oh no, but I like that you're just so real and you talk about the negatives and like, well, that's only been since I got that comment that it was high glossy magazines. And also because I had so many investors that were literally imitating my brand and imitating my, my thing spec by spec and also going into my investment area and nicking my builders. Nicking oh my shit. Company. Yeah. So yeah there was like all of that that was very triggering and yeah so none of them were doing it as well as you babe don't even worry original gangster og spot the dave well i you know i know you know you can hear all like comparison is the thief of joy and imitation is the sincerest form of flattery and you're gonna have all of this but it's still it's still like yeah oh yeah it doesn't it doesn't change how you feel no no it's it's how you deal with that yeah 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 no, good on you. I think it's really honest. And I think, do you know what, actually, I think Property Sisters quite generally on social media are pretty good with that. Like this, you know, obviously some that are very showcasey, but generally speaking, like Ruth Hobbs, for example, is amazing at speaking, showing the, the, the what we call the human side of property, Helen Shawley as well. Yeah. And you know, talking about all of her commentary on risk, you know, from an angel perspective. And I, I just, I just found out on that so hard because she just talks about integrity and the humanity and, 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 what when she's grilling someone on property elevator she's looking at them as a human you know she just does she's not just looking at does the deal stack and I think this is why we set up the podcast because the human side of property that element of trust and all of those things about relationships that you talked about earlier is just at the heart of what we do and all of those emotions around it as well and and FOMO is such 
a problematic one. Um, and even having like the support of other property methods that when you are going through something triggering, just like you can pick up the phone or send a quick note or a voice note. Like, so this has happened and I've done this as well. I'm like, I'm super triggered, this has happened and I'm really pissed off, should I be pissed off? And then my friend will go, no, you should not be, let it go. And I'm like, trying to let it go. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a funny old world that we that we exist in. And you're right; it feels so like in your face because of it's all you see because it's the the community that you're immersed in. So you feel like you're the only one that's getting it wrong, or you've made a mistake, and everyone else seems to be getting it right. And it's yeah. all you're bombarded with on a daily basis. So having a break's really healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of a break, I think we've probably come to our, the end of our time together here today. So, uh, thank you so much, uh, Davinda, for being with us uh, today and sharing all of that behind the scenes raw stuff. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. It is a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Bye. <laughs>